0: This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today's guest is Hannah. And I'm not going to try to pronounce her last name because it is a mouthful and she's going to laugh when she hears this, but we talk about it on the episode and she can do her own name justice by explaining exactly how to actually say it and pronouncing it the right way. Uh, But today's guest is going to dive deep into the emotional well-being of us, uh, you and I, Um, specifically me, because she's talking to me on the podcast. But Hannah has an interesting way of approaching her career as a fitness business coach. So she does coach fitness professionals and coaches on business, but she approaches it in a unique way that is much different than most people who are in that field. She approaches it from a way of, of attacking every other area of your life so that business can improve. And that's something that I really relate to. It's, it's focusing on relationships. It's focusing on your personal development. It's focusing on your emotional well-being, your emotional intelligence, communication, your listening skills, um, your clarity and your vision in your life and your why. And, and as you discover those things and you, you kind of unpack these different areas of your life, you, you soon create so much clarity on a path that leads to success that it's inevitable for you to, to improve your life because you're in the right place. And I think that's the way she approaches it. But because she has this unique way of approaching business coaching, um, she has a very inquisitive uh, way of, of getting you to share things with her that you wouldn't normally share with a stranger because she's a really good listener and really good at asking the right questions. And because my good friends, Jordan Duggar and Aaron Diamond, recommended that I meet her, talk to her, and get her on the podcast. Um, I had the opportunity to meet her in Arizona with them um, and I just really liked what she was all about. She was something that somebody that was very easy to talk to and somebody that I thought the listeners could really benefit from hearing uh, perspective on because sometimes we need a little bit more introspectiveness um, so we can dig a little bit deeper into our mind, our heart, our soul, and uh, get a little bit emotional, get a little bit emotional and actually let things out so we can create clarity, we can create happiness, and then we can create success because of it. So I think you're going to like this episode. It's a little bit different than normal, but it's a really, really powerful one. So make sure you listen up, you stay uh, attentive, and you really put to practice what we talked about today. And that was one of the things I mentioned in the podcast. Don't just listen to this and think of things like, oh, this is a great idea, or oh, that would be nice, or oh, I should try that sometime. Stop the podcast, take notes, get your journal out, and do the shit that we talk about. Cause that's the only way that these things are going to make an impactful difference in your life. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's jump onto the episode with the one and only Hannah. All right, Hannah. Um, I'm excited about this. Cause this has been, I feel like we were in Arizona. We we're like, let's get a podcast. Let's schedule it. And then it's been like forever since it it's actually happened. It's been so
1: long. So yeah. I feel like I haven't is. talked to you in forever. I it's know. been years. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I'm excited that this is happening. Um, and, and it's cool because, uh, me and, it, me and Jordan have a funny relationship where we recommend a lot of things to each other because we're so similar. So <laughs> mm-hmm. we're constantly like, dude, you got to listen to this book. Dude, you got to read this thing. Dude, check out mm-hmm. this website. Dude, meet mm-hmm. this person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, it was one of those things where he was like, hey, you got to meet this girl tonight. Her name's Hannah. Um, she's at the event. Just trust me. She's, yeah. she's crazy. She's really good yeah. at what she does. She's super impactful. And I, yeah. like, I'm the type of person when I have a close friend or I trust somebody, I'm just like, dude, Absolutely like Mm -hmm. anything you say is going to be good for me or anybody around me I'm going to like listen to it so um, I'm excited about this because we had like a probably longer than 20 minute conversation but like a a short conversation in a group full of people drinking it was like very brief so I'm excited Mm -hmm. to kind of dig into your story and and learn more Mm -hmm. about you so um, before I kind of start picking at that and asking you questions Mm -hmm. tell the listeners who you are
1: Uh, my name is Hannah Dindarfer. And I am an online business coach specifically for fitness coaches. I do very similar to what Jordan and Aaron do uh, in their IFCA. I have a group program and an individual coaching program. But ultimately what I do and what I did with you in the brief time that we got to talk is I love to dig into people. I'm curious about people and who they are. And I love to see the best and the worst parts of people and like bring all of the greatness out and like hold it up so you can see it to like help you to create that vision for yourself. Like that's ultimately like my mission. My purpose is to just like peel back all the layers of like shit you put on top of who you are. So that made you forget how awesome you are and then like hold that up for you to see.
0: I love that. And one of the things I I think we were both saying that night about you was like you're unbelievable at asking questions. You know the right questions to ask somebody and you know how to ask them in a way where it's not just like, why do you feel that way? Yeah, why? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's more meaning to it. And like, you start getting people to talk about themselves to somebody. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah. How, did, how did that all start for you? Like, how did you even go down this path?
1: Um, I think it started for me in my own depression. So I, when I was in college, I had an eating disorder. I, I suffered from anorexia. I had depression pretty severely. And um, over the course of a couple of years, I got a lot of therapy. I started reading a lot of personal development books and started really trying to just understand, like, why was this voice in my head? I don't understand why. Like a lot of people who have anxiety or depression, they have this alter ego that they know is not them. And so they can't understand why they feel this way because they know that's truly not who they are. And and so I was trying to get to the root of like, who am I? Like the, like the question of our lives, who am I? And what is this other thing that's in my head? That's where, it really, where the inquiry really started for me. And um, I started life coaching over the course of a couple of years while I was still in my corporate job. I did a lot of art and like really dug into my own expression. And then once I like seemed to have a grasp on myself, then I was like, "Well, if I'm this complicated and this complex, like other people are probably also this complex." And that just curiosity is really what led me to where I am now. So I started like asking a lot of questions about the fitness industry and like why why did this industry cause my sickness and and also heal me in a lot of ways? I had great coaches who really helped me through my anorexia into a space where I loved my body and I just had a lot of questions and so my curiosity I think is what brought me here and um worked in software quit that job went into entrepreneurship which is also a whole path of personal development really and um yeah that led me here and i I think it's so funny because people ask me, "Oh, how'd you get here?" And, and really, the answer is, I don't know. Like, I just, I just started asking questions and following my heart and doing what felt right, and it led me to really amazing people. Um, yeah, I think
0: it's, I think it's one really good sign, or one sign of a great coach, I should say, is that they've had some kind of whether it's a struggle or. Mm-hmm. The story that they're helping their client with at one point in time was their story as well, essentially, right? Because then you have that empathy, and I think that people um, who dive into coaching who don't have experience or that empathy, there's this huge gap. Totally. Between the person and the client, Um, and I'm I'm assuming you're totally okay because you seem like an open book with me, like crying at this.
1: Whatever you want to ask is good. Yeah.
0: I want to know. I mean, I definitely want to know, like just for context for listeners, like, what were the questions? How, how could people ask these questions themselves? But um, like, what was your barrier? What was your thing? What was the reason you were treating yourself this way? What was the reason that you were having these issues or this story in your head? Um, mm-hmm. Which a lot of times from my experiences, there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of projected judgment, right? We judge ourselves. We don't accept ourselves and we project that onto other people. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like, can you share your story so people can, because I know there's a lot of people that will listen and, and be like, that's mm-hmm. me. And I think Mm -hmm. it helps resonate with them so they can kind of break through too, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I think that it started for me when I was really, really young and my parents, um, I was like a very high performing little kid. I was like super smart, like reading when I was four years old and my parents would really push me to perform. And so I had this like perfectionism trap that I got into and I wanted to be perfect all the time. And I like, that doesn't exist. Perfect doesn't exist. So I would be really hard on myself and like that just created this low self-esteem. And then I had, unfortunately, like really rough romantic partnerships when I was young. My first boyfriend was like really emotionally abusive, told me things like, no one's ever going to love you. And I really internalized that. And, and so that, perfectionism mixed with this like really low self-worth just culminated in the perfect storm of like, I don't deserve even to nourish my body. Like I need to disappear. Like I don't want to be here. Um, like there was just no, like there was no purpose. Like my life really just felt so empty. And I think that's the misconception between like what depression, what people think depression is and what depression really is. Like people think it's like, Oh, you're just sad but what it really feels like is like nothing. Like you have no emotion. Like you just have no purpose to live. You don't want to even get out of bed because there's, it's nihilism, it's pointless. Like, and that, so that's really what led me to that. I think, Um, ultimately, like we all have this unworthiness within us. Like we all have, every person has this like sense of like, I don't deserve it. I am not worthy. And, And I've just recently like had a light bulb moment of where I think this comes from. And my theory is that like every person is gifted with life. Every person has this innate knowing that this life is a gift that we cannot ever repay. We can never like make up for the fact that we've been given a life. So we constantly are doing things to make us believe that we deserve it. Like we think we're good enough to now be worthy of our life. But the truth is that You will never pay that gift back you literally just have to say thank you you literally just have to be in gratitude for every single day that you have because you'll never be able to pay that back um anyway that was a tangent off of what you asked but um but yeah i think it was just a lot of um unworthiness a lot of self-loathing and um wanting to be liked so much by other people. Like I really, really needed external validation to make myself believe that I was good enough.
0: So what were the things that you started putting into practice or asking yourself? Um, because this is actually a question I get a lot um, of like, how to beat that, that comparison, right? Like mm-hmm. that comparison or fear of judgment or, or placing judgment on yourself of others and things like that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I don't even have an answer because I've yeah. become really good at avoiding comparison. I kind of just stay in my lane and focus on yeah. me.
1: Yeah.
0: But when people are like, man, how did you get to that place? I'm like, I don't know. <gasps> like it just, I think for me, it clicked after years of probably doing some of the things you're going to share with us. And like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: cause for me, I've done so many different coaching and life coaching and mentoring and reading so many books and seminars and have had so many conversations with people that are on this wavelength. Mm -hmm. that I think it kind of just slowly happened, but I I can never answer that question. I'm like, Mm -hmm. I just don't Mm -hmm. know. I just, Mm -hmm. so like, what did you start doing and how do you help the people you work with?
1: Yeah. I have a few things like practical things people can actually do. Yeah. Um, Number one is recognize that there's a voice in your head. And if you're thinking to yourself, I don't have a voice in my head. That is the voice in your head saying that you don't have a voice in your head. (laughs) So you do have a voice in your head that is saying things to you all the time. And the first thing to do is really recognize that that's happening and know that like anything that you can look at, anything you can see or hear or perceive is not you. It's something outside of you. So the fact that you can hear that voice and like understand what it's saying Means that that's not who you are. You're actually the person that's watching the voice. Mm. So, that for me is like the first thing that's from, um, I read that and really got that in Eckhart Tolle's work. He wrote A New Earth and, um, uh, well, what's the other one? Power of Now mm. is his other book. Both of those are great books, really go in depth on that concept if the reader wants. Um, to really dive into that, those are great starts for that. And
0: I think think that's a lot of just like self-awareness, right? Like it's a really good way to put it because it makes a lot of sense. And, and by the way, I love that you have, you were like, I have three things. I love that because yeah. <laughs> again, like people, like, and I've even talked to people about this on the podcast and it's like mm-hmm. a lot of hypothetical things or experiences, but there's very rarely like do this. And that's no, so much yeah. more helpful. Um, but I think a lot of that is, is and that's key in everything is just how, like before, one of my favorite quotes, I don't even know who said it, but is awareness precedes change. So I always yeah. tell people like, oh, totally. okay, well now you're aware so you can yes. actually change it,
1: right? Like exactly. that's the big key yeah then you have choice mm-hmm. exactly. so also, um, I have a really amazing relationship coach, and she gave me this analogy that is like my favorite one to picture because it's so visual, it's like beautiful. She says that like all of your struggles and your issues and your trauma is like an ice cube, and awareness is like the sun. and as soon as you bring awareness over to your issues and your blind spots and your your struggles, it starts to melt. Like it's only a matter of time before it melts away. And I think that's like such a beautiful analogy and really reveals like the power of awareness and what it can do. So totally, that's like step number one for sure is just watching and what's going on and and being aware that that's not you. Um,
0: I love that. Yeah. What's number two?
1: Okay, number two is integrity. Um, Keeping your promises and agreements to yourself primarily, Um, because a lot of times, like, if we believe that we are unworthy, we will not do the things that we know to be valuable to us, because we don't think we even deserve to do those things. So things like waking up at a certain time and not hitting snooze, uh, eating really great quality food for yourself, going to the gym, all those little acts of self-care that are actually acts of integrity and promises that you keep to yourself, those tiny little bits of integrity add up over time and build confidence. And like, you can't accept love from someone else until you give it to yourself. And those tiny things are acts of self-love. And like that proves to yourself that you're worthy of receiving it. So like every time you keep a promise to yourself, every time you do what you say you're going to do, it builds that confidence in yourself that you're worthy of receiving those things.
0: I like like that. The the way I was thinking about that with is like, think of, and I I don't think people think of it this way, but for me, this is the easiest way to explain is like, if I ask you to do something and you tell me, you promise that you will do this for me. And then you don't like, I'm Mm -hmm. very let down. Totally. People constantly and like, they'll take that out on that person. They get really upset. You know what I mean? And it feels bad. Mm -hmm. And even like, I know for me, like if I make a promise to my wife, About Even something small, like I promise I'll clean this up or anything like that, and I just don't do it. Mm -hmm. I feel really guilty, right? Mm -hmm. But we'll be easy on ourselves when we let ourselves down. And I think subconsciously that eats at you, right? And you don't realize Mm, that you're constantly letting yourself down.
1: Oh, yeah. It builds over time. Like you just have no confidence that you do what you say you're going to do. And that like, you don't trust that person Mm -hmm. at all. Can I ask you something?
0: (laughs) Are you like... Like literally? Yeah. Can I? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can absolutely. I ask you a
1: question? Okay. Yeah, cool. Um, okay. So, do I, I? can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you have any areas of your life right now that are not working as well as you would want? Say it's like at like a level six when you know it could be like a level ten.
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, absolutely, I think. I think anybody who says no, I think is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, this is actually something that I would say has been a six. And I mean, very recently, like a week, maybe two mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah, it's been close to a 10. So this is something that and unfortunately, and like, actually, I haven't talked about this at all. So of course, with you on the podcast it's <laughs> coming up. Um, unfortunately, there was a death in my family. And it put a lot of things in perspective. Uh, mm-hmm. It was my aunt and it she was like a big sister to me. So it put a lot of things in perspective for me. So that area that is out of six is by far family relationship Mm -hmm. um i would do anything in the world for my wife and my daughter Mm -hmm. and when i'm with my daughter it's it's obvious but i absolutely it's it's one of those battles and it's the classic entrepreneur excuse you know like i'm running a business i run a full team
1: Mm -hmm. hundreds
0: of people that work with our company that i'm trying to service like all these things yeah um And all the best reasons, (laughs) all the best reasons, but it's, it's, there's no reason good enough. Right. And, and that's definitely the area that it's like, it's not that I'm not putting any focus there, but I could absolutely be more intentional and just think about it more. And I think that was the thing that was baffling me was like, and I actually remember talking to my life coach about this. Why don't I think like, why don't I just do these things like second nature? Why do I have to set a reminder to do something simple and nice? Like I should just want to do these things. Um, and that was eating at me and it was actually, and unfortunately something as tragic as a death in the family put things in perspective for me, for Mm -hmm. everybody in my family. And it's been so much more intentional and so much better the last couple of weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. but absolutely that's, I mean, that's there as a long answer, but that's the area.
1: Cool. So is there, are there any, I'm going to get a little deeper into this so you can have, so anyone who's listening, so you who's listening can have a practical example of how you could apply this concept of integrity in your life. Mm -hmm. So do you have, Relationship that you think of off the top of your head that's at a level six, like specifically within your family system, that's a level six that you want to be at a level 10.
0: More than one, (laughs) okay. Yeah,
1: (laughs) okay. Um, okay, so with that space, with that person that you have in your mind, are there promises or agreements that you've made either to yourself or to that person that you haven't kept? Is there integrity that you could clean up there? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Right away, that right there, whatever that is for you, whatever integrity you need to clean up there, that would bring that relationship up to at least a seven. And then maybe more integrity would bring it to a level eight and then a level nine and 10. The more you take responsibility and keep promises and agreements to yourself and others and whatever area you need to clean up, that's how you raise that integrity. That's how you bring it to a level 10.
0: I think that this is like the problem with people and I guarantee there's so many people listening that will immediately be like, yep, that's me. (laughs) They don't, and this is why there's a power of a coach. They don't ask themselves the right questions. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the whole point. Like this is why I journal every day is because it's like my journal entry every single day starts with a question. And it's Mm -hmm. always the only way that I'm going to self-reflect and learn how to be a better person is if I ask myself why I'm not being the best person I can be, right? But people are afraid to ask that because as soon as you write out the answer, it's usually not what you like to see.
1: Yeah, no. It, it lets
0: you know that you're not being your best self. But mm-hmm. I always say like this this thing called chasing the unicorn, that's mm-hmm. essentially what it is. A unicorn is mythical. You're not going to catch it, but that's the whole mm-hmm. point. We're constantly mm-hmm. chasing it. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And I think it's just the power of asking yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And you can do that without judgment. Mm-hmm. Like, like the goal is to do it with a sense of joy because you're going to fulfill on something that you've kept in the dark for a long time. Like you can't get to where you want to go until you fully understand where you are right now. Right. And like the, all of the shit that you're in right now, like you have to put awareness on that. Otherwise you can't get to the relationship you want. You can't get to the kind of love you want. You can't get the business you want. You can't get the body you want until you start taking progress photos, until you start knowing what your intake is, until you start being aware of how much sleep you're getting. Like you need to like be okay with the degree to which you're completely out of integrity right now yeah without judgment with excitement and joy of like oh I get to like improve all of this it's so yeah. awesome do you
0: think that um so another question I've got that I've never been able to put a finger on like an answer on is like I've always said you like you it, it's you got to take action like if you want to mm. be successful you have to just constantly take action on things people are like well I can't like I freeze like how do mm. I take more action and I'm yeah. always like part of me is like, I don't know, it's just in you. You just fuck it, mm-hmm. like, I just pulled the trigger on shit. I don't think mm-hmm. I just do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I almost think that this idea of building that integrity is, is it's like they kind of say, like, self-discipline isn't infinite, for example. Like, the more mm-hmm. you use it, the more you have to use it. So, mm-hmm. like, limit what you're using self-discipline on, on a constant basis. Mm-hmm. I think it's almost the same thing. If I tell myself I'm going to do something and I do it, I'm, like, leveling myself up to a point where it becomes easier and easier and easier to take action, right? Mm-hmm. Would you agree yeah. with that?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's two concepts that come to mind when you say that. And one is the idea that like, we like what we're good at. And then when we're good at something, we do more of it. Mm-hmm. But when we are starting to do something, we don't like it because we suck at it. Yeah. So even this area of integrity, we like, we suck at first. So of course, we don't want to do it. So then we don't do it more. And then we hate it some more. But if you do it a little bit more and a little bit more, you get more rewarded. And then you want to do it more. And then you do it some more. And then you like it more. And then you just, it builds like that. So like, there's that piece certainly to it. And then the idea of like just doing it, like, yes, that's integrity. And also the reason why you're resisting whatever it is is because it's not within your value system. Like you just don't have that as a core value. Like, And you need something to occur to have a shift. So for example, for you, this death in your family shifted a value for you in some way. Mm-hmm. Like it shifted something inside of you that created a new value hierarchy where now this family value is a little bit higher than whatever you were valuing over your family before. And usually that that's what has to occur. There's a really great story and example of like party girl who loves to go out, loves to like drink a ton on the weekends, who just like loves DJs, who just like parties and takes drugs and whatever. Like she does that with no remorse. She's really excited about It makes her really happy. And then she goes to Africa on this mission trip. And suddenly, she sees all these like, starving children. And she sees all this like, poverty all around her. And she comes back. And her values have just drastically shifted. And no longer she's partying. Now she's like, working towards this mission of clean water. And so all of her values have shifted to, like, I really want to um, like, take on this mission. And I'm sleeping more. Because if I don't sleep, I won't fulfill this mission. And I don't want to party. Because if I party, I'm not going to be able to fulfill on this mission and she doesn't feel like she's missing out anymore on the parties. If she had tried to not go to parties before she had this shift, she would have felt like she was missing out, she would have hated her life, she'd been forcing everything, it would have sucked. But because she had this cognitive shift, this value shift, where all of a sudden this is a new value for her, it takes the place of that party value and then it's not like it's not a trade-off, it's not a struggle anymore. It's like, "Oh, I just now value this other thing. Now all of my actions and all of my behaviors just easily align with that because it's what I value. I
0: love that. I think I think it's almost like uh, your experiences and the awareness you build actually reveal what your true values are. Because I think yeah. that if somebody would have asked me a month ago, two months ago, like what's your like normal I would have said family. Like I love my mm-hmm. family. I do anything for them, and I do like I don't want people to think like I'm just a piece of shit. Like <laughs> I'm very good to my family. But I could have been in touch with way more family members than I was. Um, I missed out on that because mm-hmm. of this death, and and I regret that. And living with regret is very hard. So, it's been a, w- a weird period for me to like reflect and be like, "This is my value." But am I truly living that? And then that, using the word of integrity, like, am I living that to the utmost amount of my mm-hmm. integrity? And the answer is yeah. no. Like, I had yeah. room to improve, um, and now it's second nature because mm-hmm. it's like I understand that. You know what I totally. mean? Totally. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so number three, I love where this is going.
1: Okay. So number one, let's recap. Number one was uh, watching your thoughts, being the observer, right? Um, Number two was integrity and like doing all these little acts of self-love, right? And number three is environment. Mm -hmm. Like I really, really believe that if you want to get out of a place where you're like dark and negative and struggling, you need to just insert yourself in a different environment. You need to change the stimuli. You need to change what's around you. You need to change the people you're hanging out with. You need to just put yourself in a position where you're going to succeed. Like that, I think environment is crucial. It is for my life. And the more that I put people around me that I want to be like, like you're the, you're the sum of the five people you surround yourself Mm -hmm. with. Right. So like, if I put myself in an environment of people who are making a million dollars, who have like just amazing work-life balance, who like really give back and really care, like I'm going to be more like that automatically. I'm going to see what they're doing and just like tune myself to that. And like, and so environment to me is Mm -hmm. crucial. Like if you're in a really bad spot, just take a look at what's around you. Like what can you change right now what do you have control of right now in your environment that you're not taking control of and that you could change that would just make a drastic difference. Like that, that to me is like the biggest one.
0: I agree. I think the whole, like you are the five people, like people are like, Oh, it's cheesy, but it's like, it's, it's so unbelievably true. Yeah. Um, and I'd, I'd, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this. Like I've said this many times that I think you actually have to force relationships mm-hmm. uh, because people aren't always going to, do that in 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 return. So like yeah. for me like I can think of many people um who I'm very close with now who shape my environment and allow me to grow that were not going to start a relationship with me because they didn't know who I was and I had to for literally sure. force myself into their inbox or their email or their phone totally. or like their seminar yeah. and like keep bugging them and then now yeah. we're really good friends but they wouldn't have discovered that unless I put myself in front of them. And I had mm-hmm. to have, uh, for lack of better terms, the balls just be like, fuck it, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And even if they mm-hmm. don't reply or don't say yes, like I'm just gonna yeah. keep
1: going.
0: Totally. And I think that's super important.
1: Yeah, it's the, it's kind of like the, what do I have to lose mentality? Yeah. It's like, what, like, what do you have to lose? This person already doesn't talk to you. Exactly. Like they're, they're already not your friend. What's gonna happen? They just like, don't keep talking to you. Like, okay. You know, I think um, I would love to hear from you also, like what, what kinds of people are like what kind of qualities do you look for in a person that like how do I find someone that I want to be more like like what kind of qualities do I look for in a person? what kind of life should they be living like what should I look for in a person that I want to like hang out with or aspire yeah. to be like
0: I think you know like the the first thing that I try to think of and and I think before you can go this route like is you have to. And this is, again, another, like, journaling, like, soul-searching thing is, like, who do you want to become? Like, mm-hmm. if you don't know who you want to become, you don't know who you want to surround yourself with. So I, th- I think for me, is like, I get very clear on the person I want to become, the life I want to live, the family I want to have, like, all those things. And then I can just kind of look at people who are mirroring that image of what I want to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And then I
0: can try to associate myself that with those people. I think another one for me is uh, being a go-giver. So, like, that's a mm-hmm. big value of mine. So looking for people who are very generous, that was actually the first thing that attracted me to my wife is like, like to a point where I'm like, like stop tipping so much. Don't give money back. <laughs> like, like you would give the owner back to any, like it's just like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big sign for me too, is like being a go-giver and generous and, and thinking of others first.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, growth, like that's huge. If, if somebody is not, like if I can't actively see somebody trying to become better, I just don't even want to be a part of it, Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think to tag along with that is is somebody who is trying to be better um, on their own. And what I mean by that is they're not trying to piggyback off other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't mean you shouldn't leverage your connections or your network or collaborate with people because I think in this day and age, like that's huge for business. But Mm -hmm. like if somebody's not actively putting in the work to just be a better version of themselves constantly on their own, like that's a huge red flag for me. So like I want to see people Mm -hmm. just trying to improve and get better. Um, Yeah those are the first thing I've never thought about, like what are the people? So like, those are the first three things. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Those are great. I love that. Um, I want to also like challenge you too because this is, this is a, this is a struggle for me is that um, sometimes when I do this thing where like, I want to be with the person I see and perceive as most valuable. I'm like, I want to be around that person. I want to associate with them. I want to talk to them. I want to ask them questions. And so for example, like if we were, if we were at a party and like, I saw you over having a conversation with Jordan over on the other side of the room, but I'm here talking to like Joe Schmo who like, I don't even know. And I don't like really care about him that much. Like I have this like tendency and this is my humanness is that like my tendency is to like, want to like eavesdrop on your conversation and find a way to like insert myself. Mm-hmm. But what that does sometimes is like, it takes me out of the potential for what I could learn in a conversation with Joe Schmo, Joe, mm-hmm. Joe Schmo, who's in front of me. Like he might also have a gift to give me that I couldn't have seen if I was over here trying to listen to your conversation. Yeah. So like, um, I, I also like, yes, I, I believe so fully in surrounding ourselves with people we want to be like, and simultaneously, like, I really believe that every person that's in front of you has a gift to give me. And like, if someone's telling, like I, I literally picture, like if you're talking to me and you're, you, what you're doing is you're creating a gift, like you're creating this piece of art with your words. Like when you're trying to explain a concept to me or you're telling me a story, you're literally crafting this like beautiful little piece of art for me that you want me to receive so badly. And so I'm over here thinking like, wow, how bad does it feel if I reject someone's gift if, or someone rejects my gift that I give them? It feels terrible. It feels like the worst. So if you're over here perfectly crafting this beautiful gift, even if I don't really like it that much, like the best thing I can do is just say thank you so much and pay attention and really try to understand what it is that you're giving me. And like be here with you. Like, that's, like that's, a, that's just a visual that I use that really helps me just be with people.
0: I love that. Yeah, it's it's really being a good listener, right? I think yeah. that's the the big thing. I think in I was a personal trainer in person for six years. So like for me, like I got really good at that because you, you don't just stand there and count reps. I'm like, <laughs> hey, what's yeah. your life like? What's your job like? I met so yeah. many different people with so many different occupations. And I think that's like a really valuable trait. Um, and it's actually funny now that you're, now I'm thinking about this more and more. And this is a good exercise for people to kind of dig into their own self more. I like to surround myself with people who do what they say they're going to do. So going Mm -hmm. back to like the integrity I want to have as a person, which is funny Mm -hmm. because now that I think about it, it's like I value that so much in people because I hate when people tell me they're going to do something they don't. (laughs) I need to do that more too. Um, And I will say like I think one of the reasons why that happened to me in that department is because I'm a yes man. So like Mm -hmm. I'm any opportunity – and anytime I can say yes, anytime I can any anytime I can do an interview, anytime I can do anything, I'm like, yes, 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 let's do it, let's go, let's, let me help. Um, and sometimes that actually puts your personal life on the back burner, which is a, a balance I've had to learn over the years. Um, and then the other thing is actually listening, is like, um, I can think of somebody off the top of my head that's very close to me who has a very hard time listening. Um, and if you're listening to this podcast it's not you because this person doesn't listen. To so, don't, so don't worry. Um, just in case. But uh, this person is like, it's they expect you to hear them out. And I'm a very good listener. So I want to hear about your job and your family and what's going on mm-hmm. here and what's doing this. And then as soon as it's like, they ask you a question, it's your turn to speak, they cut you off, or they don't really pay attention or like they, they change the subject and it, and it just shows like where their minds at. And mm-hmm. that Eat, that it drives me crazy. <laughs> and now that I think about it, it, but it makes, but like my whole point with sharing this to the people listening is because I'm aware of that, it makes me more aware of how I want to treat others. And I think that's totally. the powerful thing here.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah, I, I love to tell my clients like when they get pissed off at stuff or like they get triggered by something, I'm like, okay, before mm-hmm. we get, before we talk about this, how many other places in your life are you doing that thing that pisses you off? Yeah. Like, if it makes you mad, it's probably because either you don't like that you do it, like you hate that you, like, cut people off or interrupt people, or you don't ever do that. So, like, if you can't do it, then this person yeah. definitely shouldn't do it. So, like, your little kid inside is like, I'm not allowed to interrupt people, so you shouldn't be allowed to interrupt people. Right. So that's why it pisses you off. <laughs> so, Have you
0: ever read Loving What Is?
1: No, I have not
0: you would really like that book. It's by Byron Katie. I like the audio book better because you actually hear her taking people through what she calls the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this worksheet that the book comes with and it's called judge your neighbor. Um, and there's, I, I've worked with a life coach who kind of like altered this. So mm-hmm. I like their version better. Um, but it might give you some ideas inside your coaching. Cause this is obviously a little bit out of the realm of what I coach on, but it was super powerful because the, the whole thing is called judge your neighbor. Right. So like who, pissed you like basically who did blank to you so you would write like my wife pissed me off because of blank or like Mm -hmm. hurt me because blank made me sad because of blank like whatever it may be Um, and it takes you through like basically judging them why you're judging them and then it Mm -hmm. makes you reverse the statement so you actually have to write out the same statement from their perspective with your name in place of it (laughs) Um, and it opens your eyes to like how you can be such a hypocrite and totally. and why you're judging for no reason. And, and like the whole point of like loving what is, is accepting what is like, it is what mm-hmm. it is
1: mm-hmm.
0: really, really powerful. And it's definitely I'd recommend that book to so many people who are struggling. I love it. Um, so check that out. Cause you would really like that. And I think the worksheet would be something you could manipulate yeah. for, for yeah. People you work with, um, totally which is what I want to get to since we're like <laughs> going on. This is like the people you work with. So like, yeah. how did this turn into business coaching? And then can you explain what that business coaching looks like because I yeah. think that you have a very unique approach like if you look at your Instagram it doesn't like the way you word how you business coach is much different than I help you build seven figure funnels like it's not yeah, like yeah yeah you know
1: no I, I uh I couldn't I care I could care less about that shit exactly um <laughs> uh, which <laughs> maybe like, like <laughs> so like yeah you know maybe if that's for you don't hire me you're probably not my person um but I, the way that I got into business coaching is that I was trying to do life coaching. I was trying to lead people down the spiritual path. I was trying to like really help people understand themselves and like have breakthroughs and just like all the stuff that we're talking about. Right. And was making no fucking money. And I'm like, okay. So I talked to one of my mentors, Mike Bledsoe. And I'm like, look, dude, I, I don't know what to do. Like, can you help me? Can you coach me? Like, I just... I see that you're making a lot of money. I I really respect you. Can you help me? Um, And he's like, well, the first thing you need to do is you need to like pick something as a vehicle for the change you want to have. There's like three change vehicles that you can use to create this transformation. There's either business coaching or finance coaching. There's health coaching, fitness coaching, or relationship and love coaching. So those are the three things. Those are the three vehicles. Pick one Mm -hmm. and just say you're doing that like have enough skills to like actually help someone in that realm, but that can be the vehicle for change. And so I worked in product marketing, product development, user experience design for a long time, uh, like in a startup in California. So I have a lot of business knowledge and a lot of copywriting knowledge, all of that. So I was like, cool, I'm going to pick business because I know how to make money. I know how to make other people money, not myself, obviously. (laughs) Um, And, and so I started, doing all of these odd jobs and also simultaneous doing, simultaneously doing life coaching. And, um, eventually it just like congealed into one thing where I'm like, look, I'm going to help you build your business. I'm going to help you get to where you want to go. But what we're going to do along the way is different than any other coach. I want to, cause I know that whatever's going wrong in your business is actually a function of how you feel about yourself. Mm. It's actually a function of like a bad relationship that you have, or it's a function of um, like your, your poor health, or it's a function of like your childhood trauma. Like whatever is happening in your business is really just a symptom. It's not actually the cause. And I operate from a framework of my clients have all of the answers already. They already know what to do. They already know how their business is struggling. They already know exactly the path they need to go down, but they need someone to just ask the right question so they can hear it themselves say it. Because like, usually we don't know what we think until we say it out loud.
0: Yeah, and so. I think that's a, that's a good point too with the whole vehicle thing. I never thought about it like that, but there's, I know the first, so the first, they didn't call themselves a life coach, but I would consider them a life coach. The first life coaching like program or thing I ever did, I did because they were like, well, this is business coaching, I'm gonna help you make money. Mm-hmm. And then if I look back at that entire year, I didn't learn a thing about like funnels or marketing or anything. Like they didn't even actually <laughs> help you with, it was basically like, like, what are you really passionate about in your side of your business? Content, creation, and coaching. Okay, so just put that on display more. Now let's work on you. Let's work on your relationships. Let's teach you how to meditate. Let's teach you how to journal. And mm-hmm. I spent a year doing that with these individuals and it transformed really every area of my life. I call them the four mm-hmm. pillars, right? Your body, like health, and then your mind, uh, spirituality, emotional well-being, so on and so on. Religion for some people, relationship, mm-hmm. and then your business. And all these things just blew up. Yeah. It had nothing to do with me learning about business. And I think that's yeah.
1: wrong totally. Well, the thing is, is that like, it's probably the same with fitness where like people say what they want is weight loss. They say they want to lose 10 pounds. They say they want to feel better in their clothes, but really what they need is like just someone to give them permission to be themselves, someone permission to give them permission to like love themselves, someone to hold them accountable and have integrity to like, they need, something else. They don't really need to lose 10 pounds. Like they're going to get to that destination. And if they don't do the work along the way, it's not going to be enough anyway. So like, yeah, I can help you make a million dollars. Cool. But like, if you don't like become the kind of person that just generates that wealth and gives it, and is like the person you want to be, what's what $1 million means to you, the kind of person that makes that, if you don't become that along the way, you're going to get there and be like, well, that was stupid. Like, now I'm here, and, like, who cares? Yeah. And people don't really know that until they get that to that point, but...
0: That's the hard part, right? And I think that, like, and I'm not sitting up here saying, like, I'm a multimillionaire and all this <laughs> thing, but I make more money than I once thought that I would, to be yeah. honest with you, like, as a yeah. online coach, quote-unquote. Same. <laughs> and it was one of those things I had to talk with my mentor about this. And this is why I actually don't set any financial goals ever. And some people think that's crazy, but like it was one of those things where like every time we set like goals, I'm just chasing, chasing the next like tier. And it's like mm-hmm. unfulfilled. For why? Unfulfilled. Yeah. Unfulfilled. And actually like if, if i being completely honest, it was actually for acceptance of my father. If I like, once I found out why I was doing it. Um, and like, I remember call, like showing him, like bought my first home, sent him a picture, like bought my first bmw sent him a picture and like Mm -hmm. the responses were like never good enough it was like Mm -hmm. oh you got gray and i'm like it's a fucking brand new like you're supposed to (laughs) to Mm -hmm. but money wasn't what was going to make him proud and i thought it was because of like how i saw him Mm -hmm. choose money as Mm -hmm. i was a child and that's what like kind of like my parents got bored blah 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 um but again this this honestly all stems back to like somebody forced me to ask questions to myself, and I realized what was going on in my head and why I was like glorifying that, right? Um, so, like present time, I never set financial goals. Like my purpose is so much bigger than that, and and because I recognize that, I'm I'm able to feel fulfilled on a constant basis because. Totally. It has nothing to do with finance. It has everything to do with the person listening to this podcast. Or like Mm -hmm. I have this facility now and like all my team can train for free and they don't have to pay gym membership. Like as Mm -hmm. little as that is, like that makes me really happy. Like I'm in and I'll see like my assistant and her husband like working out together. And I'm like, this is the coolest fucking thing. Mm -hmm. But like that's, that's, there's more. You know what I mean? And I think that people, again, need to ask themselves all these questions so they can get Mm -hmm. to that place.
1: Yeah. Like if you, so the thing I always love to like go into with people is like Five wise or six whys mm. like like you you say you want to. So I'm like, okay, what's your goal? Tell tell me one goal that you have, right?
0: Are you, are you really asking? Me yeah, that? yeah. Okay. Go, let's do it. Okay. Um, so, uh, do are we talking like business wise?
1: Any any goal that you okay. have? The whatever. first
0: one that comes to mind is actually a million downloads in the podcast. Okay, so that was like so we. So I have basically every ninety days, people listen to this kind of because I share my story every once in a while. I was like, I set ninety day outcomes, and my business ninety day was. Um, Uh, hit a million downloads on the podcast. Um, My uh, fitness one was uh, actually health and recovery. So like doing blood work, getting more massages, doing more like stretching and stuff like that. Cause I'm so like tight muscles (laughs) from just lifting all the time. Um, My relationship was uh, like go on a date Uh, date my wife streak so it's like every week i'm dating my wife kind of thing um Mm -hmm. play dates with my daughter like i said all these like things that are more like stack them up yeah um but okay let's
1: cool cool let's go with the the downloads okay um well just fyi because i'm on this podcast there's going to be like two million downloads so so don't worry i love it um (laughs) (laughs) okay so okay so we say uh a million downloads why do you want to have a million downloads of this podcast
0: the, the first two things that come to mind is one that's kind of like the next tier. Like I've set goals for the podcast of like when I feel like, okay, we're doing well. is like there was like a 10,000 and then like 100,000 and 500,000. And now we're like really close to a million. So it was like a million. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was honestly just the, the main reason is because the way my mind works kind of reverse engineers things. I knew if I set a million downloads in the next 90 days, I would have to step up the production and I would have to do more, con- more episodes. Um, and the reason I want to do that is because I've been getting so many people that tell me like this podcast changes their life. Like this is where I learned from you the most. This is like the most effective thing for me. And they thank me. And like that feels so fucking good that yeah. I was like, how can I get more of that feeling? And that's, yeah, that's basically yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. We're going to go further. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you want a million downloads of the podcast because it changes people's lives because mm-hmm. you like that feeling. You love, mm-hmm. you want that feeling of changing people's lives. Why? Why do you want that feeling of someone coming up to you and saying, the podcast changed my life? Why do you want that?
0: Ooh, that is tough. Um, you know what? Like, I think that, I think there's a few things, like I'm trying to, I'm trying to provide a, like a real, not a superficial answer, you know, like, cause I can easily <laughs> say like, it, it just feels so good. But then I can also say, you know, like, I know the feeling of telling somebody that they changed mm-hmm. my life through mm-hmm. what they put out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to like see somebody tell me that, mm-hmm. um, I could also even like, if I was like really trying to dig, I could even think maybe, maybe it has like a, a status thing, you know, like some yeah. part of me subconsciously that feels like if I get to this mm-hmm. point, then I will be accepted by, by the people who I look up to. In then You know yes. what I mean?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's okay. probably realistic. Yeah, yeah. We we're, we're not going to keep going, but like ultimately like if we were to keep going, what we would get to is ultimately just like status or love. Mm-hmm. Like people just want to be loved, they want to feel loved, they want to feel valuable, they want other people to know they're valuable and to feel worthy. And if you get to the core of anyone's why, like any goal they have, anything that they want, at the bottom is just, they just wanna be loved. Mm. And like for you, it's like if people tell you that their podcast changed your life, it means you are so valuable and you're so loved. And if you're providing a great like experience of dating your wife, it means that you're an awesome husband and you're so valuable and you're so loved by your wife and it proves to her that you love her. So like, like all of the goals that you have set ultimately dig down deeper, they all go down to love and anyway like I love doing that exercise with people and continue yeah. on website. <laughs>
0: do, you th- do you think that there's anything about like because I had a conversation with uh my mentor about this like at the core of it like I see the most value in individuals who serve others and therefore mm-hmm. I like try to mimic that because to me it's like to be like the best human being you can be, it means mm-hmm. that you help the most people, you serve the most people, you create the most impact in people. Um, and so like at the core, like me feeling that way means I'm fulfilling that thing, that service. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure. It totally makes sense. And it's totally, I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like it's kind of like service to you equals love. Mm. Like that's, that's equal to you. Like whatever you hold as your highest value, like that is God, that is love to you. Like, if you, if you believe that like people who are serving, you look up to them, you believe they are like the the highest value person, like that is the love that you see. Like, that's what you want to mimic what you believe love is.
0: I like that. I I think it's like, to me, like I always think of legacy too. Like, I think that's Mm -hmm. how people are remembered after they die. Do you, do you believe that, um, or like, I guess I should frame this as a question. How does this, how does this translate into business? So like as we kind of spin it back to like your approach for business coaching,
1: mm-hmm.
0: finding this purpose, finding this passion, finding all this, like how does that help people? Like once you figure that out, what's the next mm-hmm. step? How does this elevate people's business?
1: Uh, so well, one thing is if you know this about other people, it shifts your marketing. Mm. So if you know, if you know the truth that every other person out there is only looking for a status increase, or, like, a love increase, like, that is their end game. You can speak to that in your marketing. Like, and you can understand what status and love is for them and speak to that because status is relative. It's relative depending on who you're with. Like, if you are in a group of like crunchy granolas, like, having a, a huge ass truck that's like spitting out diesel, that is not status. <laughs> that's actually like the opposite of that. Yeah. But if you're, but if you're like with this group of like, good old boy farm boys, like having this big ass diesel truck, that's the highest status you can have. Yeah. So you have to understand what status means on a, on a, on a, per person basis for whoever you're serving. Right. So in business, that's how knowing this helps externally. Um, because you can, you can just do better marketing in general. And you can understand how to serve people better in general.
0: That's kind of like the same concept behind like the love languages, right? Like, mm-hmm. like what my language is different than my wife and what like yes. status would be for me is different than what it is for her. And that's how you have to kind of like morph.
1: Exactly. So in business, if you understand what status means to the person that you're serving, you can create a product for them and marketing for them that will actually, that they actually want. Um, because they're going to perceive that as a status increase and they will be willing to take the decrease of not having as much money for a little while to get that status increase that they perceive.
0: Got it. Okay. So So. I'm like, as I'm like peeling back this whole entire conversation and thinking about applying it to people, (laughs) like for you guys listening, it's almost like you got to ask yourself the right questions. You have to be willing to dig deep and constantly ask why, 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 why (laughs) until you discover your real purpose, like what's, what's driving you behind that. And then that allows you to translate into your marketing um, Mm -hmm. because then you can understand other people's purpose or why is behind what they are doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would also say, too, like when you discover that purpose and passion, it just makes it 10 times easier to produce because of why you're producing. And I think it makes you sound much more authentic inside of what you're doing. Totally. Um, Because nobody likes listening to fake content. Um, Okay. And uh, I mean, it will,
1: okay, one more piece of that is like what I shared too about the values thing earlier. Like if you know your clear why and you know that that's like your value, it makes the behavior easier. It makes like doing all the things easier because you have clarity around what that value is for you, like what that why is for you. So that's, it just makes all your behavior align much more easily because you can be that end game.
0: I love that. It's That's exactly what we say inside of our like training and nutrition. It's like if I teach you why we're doing what we're doing and I really educate you on the process you'll just believe in it more. And if you believe in it more, you'll be 10 times more consistent. It's easier to follow through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're bought in.
0: I love that. So the last thing I want to ask you is, is basically, uh, where are coaches going wrong in this entire process? (laughs) Like, where do you see the biggest thing where you come in and you're like, we got to fix this. Or like, is it, is it really just, they're just not asking themselves the right questions? Like, what is the big problem?
1: Um, I think for fitness coaches in general, I mean, it, like it depends on what frame you're coming from. Like, are are you saying like pe- what people are struggling with in their business, or like what what I'm helping people with? What's I guess what's the,
0: for the context of the listener, it's going to be basically like r- I think really like where are people going wrong in general? Because most mm-hmm. of people listening to this are either a) they're a coach themselves trying mm-hmm. to help others uh, in mm-hmm. the fitness and nutrition space, or mm-hmm. b). They are a fitness enthusiast and they want to get Mm -hmm. in better shape. And I think Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be the same issue regardless.
1: Okay. Um, Okay. So for coaches specifically, like if you want to be a better coach, this is what I teach my coaches how to do. Understand that your clients know the answer. And your goal is not to tell someone the answer all the time. It is to guide them to the answer. Like they can find and Google whatever it is like scientifically that you need to produce, that's easy. But like the deeper work that you need to get to, you can't just give them the answer. You can't just say, you're dealing with imposter syndrome yeah. or you're, you're getting in your own way or like you're your own block. That shit doesn't work. Like they have to discover that. They have to understand that why, like why they're binging on 20 Oreos at night. Like that's not because they know Oreos are not good for them. Like they fucking know Oreos aren't good for them. Them. Like they're totally aware that they shouldn't eat 20 Oreos at night. But like you need to, and you can't say you have an emotional eating issue. That's not going to help them either. Like guiding them to understand why they are compelled to eat 20 Oreos at night by asking them questions like, how do you feel right before you eat 20 Oreos? What are you doing right before you eat 20 Oreos? What do you think about like when you're on the 10th Oreo and you just keep going? What are you thinking about yourself after you eat 20 Oreos? I want you to, when you are about to eat 20 Oreos, I just want you to take one second and write down, I am about to eat 20 Oreos because, and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. And just let them figure it out. And like, they already know what's going on. You don't know. You have no idea what's in their head. And if you can ask them that kind of line of questioning to let them see what's going on, they, they'll get it. And then it'll be a self-discovery and then it'll be something they get to keep forever and have the confidence of knowing I fixed that problem for myself. I discovered that for myself. My coach didn't give me the answer. I got that. And like, as a coach, it's really difficult because we have the right answers. We can tell people what to do all day long. We know what they're supposed to do, right? But at the end of the day, they don't, the client doesn't get the confidence Mm -hmm. if we tell them what to do the whole time. Right. So like that, that for me is like the biggest issue I see in coaching is that like, we need to kind of humble ourselves and understand that like the client is an adult and they know what they're doing and they have the right answer and respect them and respect them enough to come up with the answer and be patient, like allow them to really think about stuff, allow them the space to like be in, I don't know. Like when you ask them a question, they say, I don't know. Be like, awesome. Keep thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah cool. I'm glad you don't know. Think more about that. Like not, not feeling compelled to like have your ego give the answer. Just because you're a coach and you think you know better.
0: I love that. I think that's so huge. And that's why like we, we preach education and communication so much because it's that exact thing. It's like, we're going to talk it through and I don't care if it takes a full week of going back and forth before we get mm-hmm. to you versus me on like, I know the answer, I'm just gonna give it to you right now because mm-hmm. like you said, it doesn't empower the person to change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think this is something coaches need to realize. And I tell every client that works with us, at some point in time, you will not work with us. That's the whole point mm-hmm. of coaching. Mm-hmm. Is we're gonna teach you how to do this on your own. yeah and Therefore, this is the process. That's why it takes mm-hmm. longer. That's why there's more deep work, so on and so forth. And I think that's, mm-hmm. uh, there's other people who do this, but I think that's what makes us different in, in our space is because we are okay with saying, this is going to take longer. This is going to be difficult. We're going to guide you to the process. You're going to leave at some point and stop paying us because you're going to be able to do it on your own. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it much different for uh, the client's end? Do you think it's just a matter of they're not, searching for those answers like they're they're trying to
1: I'm
0: I'm sorry that not that they're not searching for the answer but they're looking for somebody to just give them the answer.
1: Yeah. Okay. So here's here's on the client's end. And really this is true about everyone. Um so if you're on the side of someone who (laughs) who eats Oreos every single night, right? Okay, if that's you and no judgment on you, dude. I love Oreos too. It's totally fine. (laughs) Um like I I so there's like a line of questioning that I want to give to that person too. Um, and if you have, so if you have a behavior that is unwanted and persistent, do you have anything in your life that's like a habit that you just like wish you could get rid of? That's you're just like doing over and over that. You're like, why can't I stop doing that? That's so annoying. I'm so dumb. Why do I, why do I do that?
0: Um, I don't know. That's tough. Um, honestly, like the only thing that comes to mind typically is like self care shit. Like I'll, I'll put myself last. Like it's so easy to like just, dude, just sleep in an extra hour, dude, just, you know, Take a break, yeah. dude. It's okay yeah. to take a rest day. like Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. So pick one of those things. What is, what is one of those for you? Sleeps. Okay, sleep. So not getting enough sleep or yeah. sleeping sleeping more?
0: Yeah. Been better at it lately, but yeah, just not getting enough sleep. And it's been okay. like years of that.
1: Okay, got it. So you have, you're not getting enough sleep and that's persistent for you. So there is in this behavior, there is a payoff and a cost. Mm. So, what's the payoff for you for continuing to not get enough sleep?
0: Uh, the payoff if I do get sleep, or if you
1: don't, if you don't, if you keep doing what you're doing, what's the payoff?
0: I guess more time because I can stay up later yeah. and wake up earlier. That's really it. it.
1: Totally. What's the cost?
0: Uh, worse health, lower recovery, lower testosterone, less muscle.
1: <laughs> like, <utterly laughs> yeah. like
0: I mean, it's yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sure. cool. Um, the other thing that's happening over here on the payoff side for most people is some level of avoiding responsibility. Mm, yeah. Generally. Mm-hmm. And like the the thing that you're not seeing in here too, that I'm going to point out is that like, if you're not getting all these other things with the cost, you're also kind of avoiding responsibility of all of those things. Yeah like you're avoiding responsibility for having more muscle mass, you're avoiding responsibility for having more better focus or all the things that you listed, you're avoiding taking responsibility for those things by just not getting enough sleep. Yeah. So in every person's behavior cycle of something that they don't want, that just keeps continuing for them, there's a payoff and a cost The payoff is always avoiding responsibility. Plus another bunch of other things in there. So if you can see that and see actually what the cost is the cost is a lack of aliveness Mm -hmm. it's a lack of integrity the cost is trusting in yourself and like really like um the the, the cost is trusting yourself and really being able to be who you want to be that's the real cost
0: yeah i think that like you know like if you flip that too if you look at like so the cost is also the payoff in the reverse. If you, if mm-hmm. you do get to sleep, the, all those costs actually become payoffs. You have yeah, like testosterone totally. focus, all those things. Totally. But I think the problem, and this is something I experienced, it goes back to like awareness proceeds change. For me, it's like, well, I'm, I'm still pretty lean. I'm still getting stronger. I'm still a, a positive person. My business is growing. I'm focused. Mm-hmm. I'm probably I'm an anomaly. I just can't yeah. get <laughs> to like that's But that's what goes through your head, right? And so for me, it was like, mm-hmm. Okay, let me like really dive into this. Like, is that something I could do? So I got a whoop band, which I returned Mm -hmm. because I didn't like wearing it. But the point was, is like, I want to track my sleep. Didn't get great sleep. Stopped wearing it because I was like, ah, that thing's fucking (laughs) sucks. And then I went and got my blood work done. And then I see things and I'm like, okay, there's no explanation as to why my blood work would be bad in a couple areas um, Mm -hmm. hormonally because I train, I'm positive, I'm low, I do meditation, I'm taking ashwagandha and eating right, and I'm not in deficit. And I have all these boxes, the only thing left is sleep. And I had to yeah. like, really be like, hammering myself with the awareness of the measurements mm-hmm. of saying like, dude, you need sleep, dude, you need sleep. Mm-hmm. And it was fine. Like, okay, like, and that's what actually finally got me to switch. And this is totally. literally, again, my 90 day outcome. So it's been a month. Yeah. Um, I feel night and day difference just getting yeah. Actually yeah. seven hours. And totally. it's like, but it took me like kind of putting that in front of my face to, to make it. Exactly.
1: A exactly. So people need to be aware, like you need to really get the impact of what you're doing, of what right. the behavior is before you can create a change in it. Yeah. So if you don't understand the payoff and the cost and the impact of that, nothing is going to change. You'll just yeah. keep doing it unconsciously.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think that's super powerful. Um, and I think this is a good place to wrap it up. I think like everything we've kind of went over is really helpful. I think it's really eye-opening and there's actually some practical takeaways. And yeah. I just encourage people listening to actually like, write down and ask yourself and do some of the things we're talking about. A lot of people listening to, will listen to podcasts and I'm guilty of this at times and be like, man that's a great idea or like man that makes total sense and then you just Mm -hmm. keep driving your car listen to the podcast, you don't do shit about it it's like (laughs) pull over write this down or like when you get to work or wherever you're going like stop journal write this down and actually do something about it Mm -hmm. um so Hannah I I appreciate you coming on thank you so much um uh where can everybody find your content your stuff social media everything like that so they have somewhere to to check you out
1: yeah it's first of all, thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Um, My social media handle and my website are all Hannah Deindorfer. And so I'll spell that because it's like impossible. It's super German. So it's H-A-N-N-A-H-D-E-I-N-D-O-R-F-E-R. I I should just like, I need to just, (laughs) I'll put that in. Something needs to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Super but, German, yeah, Super, just the most German. So, anyway, um, super grateful for you and who you are and the work that you're doing. So, thank you so much for including me. In that.
0: Absolutely, and the feelings likewise. Like I told uh, you at the beginning, like I think before we aired, it was just like really cool experience to like have somebody that I trust um, and care about say, "Do you have to meet this person?" Then having such a cool, interesting conversation with you. Then, so it's cool to kind of come back and full circle and recap what we discussed in, in a more applicable way for the listeners. I think they're, sure. I think they're going to get a lot out of this. please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomperformance.com sign up, or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation. Jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.